Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight's show is Baruch Hashem. I think we're going to be very interesting, but I want to hear from people tonight. We weren't able to get to be able to get through in the past, so we're going to try to ask you to call in tonight. And even though I'm going to have a few minutes in the beginning, I'm not going to have a whole big introduction unless unless nobody calls in. So you call now if you'd like, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, or text us at 347-927-8398. We'd love to hear from you. A conscious question, uh, uh, some something of interest to you in the in the related to the conscious areas, and that's what we're going to be talking about in just a moment. So again, our telephone number seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, and the text line three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. And uh, w- until we hear from somebody out in the audience, I'd like to share with you some things that uh, haven't happened yet. <laughs> the Kashrus Monthly, which I put out, it's one of our projects. We have the magazine that comes out five times a year with all the information updated regularly with a lot of uh, you know, articles describing pr- issues in Kashrus and clarifying things. Very, very helpful to the kosher consumer. We also put out, for 26 years, we've been putting out Kashrus Monthly. It comes out once a month. And it's a digest of all the important information, it's just a one page, maybe 20, 30 or more items, and that's it. And we are very simple, to the, to the point, and people post it, they send it around a little bit. We're happy that uh, people are publicizing it. It's a wonderful publication. It costs money for us to put it out and to get it to you, but uh, it's, it's definitely worth it. That's the Kashrus Monthly. So I want to read a few items to you and give you a little bit of a flavor to some of the things that happen in Kashrus. And the reason I say it's, it didn't happen yet is because this is the May issue, and we haven't mailed it yet. It's going to go out in a couple of days. So here's one of the things that just happened today, and this says May 1 on it, so it's really today. Um, we, we sent out a piece about a product that doesn't say dairy. It just says the Kashrus Agency and no D. So that's what we call a mislabel because it is dairy and people should know that. But the product is called, uh, well, I'm not going to mention the name of it, but it's a kind of a, a food that's called Skyr, S-K-Y-R. And if you didn't know what Skyr is, don't feel bad. I didn't know what it is either. Although most of our, I think most of my listeners don't know what Skyr is. That's not the company. That's the product. Well, believe it or not, Skyr is yogurt. So this has got a, it's a yogurt that um, has, has no D on it. And that's something that we make people aware of. <laughs> when I sent it out to the cautious agency for his approval, because we always send everything out to the cautious agency to make sure that we're not making a mistake or the thing isn't changed. Like recently, just today, somebody returned to us one of the things that don't put it in because it changed, and he explained how it changed in the matter of a, of a week or so. So we're trying to get it cutting edge and get it out to you as soon as possible. So here's what this this rabbi said. He said, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to do something about it. We're going to change the the lettering, but I want to know that the person actually think it was parva. Or that he know it was dairy, and he was just pointing out that the D is missing. 
because this person came to me. So I answered him the following way. Of course, the latter, it's definitely true that, you know, that, that the man knew that it was dairy because he knew what Skyer is. I didn't know. Maybe you didn't know, but Skyer, he, something he was familiar with. He's not Mark Penachal Yisrael. It's a, it's a product that has, that's, that's, uh, happens to be kosher. However, I said, you could poll people wherever you go. And you're not going to, and, and, and you're not going to find anybody that knows the sky is yogurt. It's almost nobody out there knows that. In any event, I said to him, a labeling is a labeling. It's supposed to be the cautious agencies view the labeling before the production. It's not my fault that it has a D, it doesn't have a D on it. It's the mashkiach's responsibility to check it. And the mashkiachim make their rounds, then they should have picked it up. Sometime or, sometime or other, it should have been picked up. How come it has to come from us? And then the rabbi answered me, very good points. Because, yes, it, you know, butter and milk is supposed to say D on it. doesn't say D, so, you know, everybody knows it's butter and it's milk. That's true. But Skyer, not everybody knows. Now, of course, maybe you would know because it looks a little bit like a yogurt, maybe, so you get the idea, but you don't know. If it doesn't have a D, a lot of people think that this is imitation. Especially Skyer isn't the word yogurt, so you might just think this is a mock yogurt. And you might have thought and made a mistake. And that's, that's why the conscious agencies have to make changes and, and, and straighten it all out before they either mail it out to us. What, what language is Skyer? English, it's but English. probably no. It's not okay. English. No, it's a, I, I'm, I'm not sure what it really is. But you know, it's, a, it's the product is uh, you know an it's American. A, it's a name of a product. Or mm, it's it's really a name of from, just the product. It it really comes from Iceland, oh. but the that's the way they call it over there. Okay, but so. we but it but in that's how they're putting it on the product. It's sold in America. It's an American product now. It's done. In, the company is in America too. It's like kafir, 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 kafir. Yeah, like, like that. Kafir? Like a, like that, if yeah. we'd have to get loose the words, yes. you know, when I years ago people didn't know things like what is way w h e y. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when I first started with Kashrus, you could poll people; they didn't know what way was. It wasn't a very common word, and they didn't know. They didn't know what lactose was. They didn't know a lot of words in the old days. So yeah, it takes a little while for this to sink in. No, it's also some names coming from different countries that right. we are not familiar. Right, so no, right. But that's what's on the package. It doesn't say yogurt. Yeah. It doesn't say yogurt. It says Skyer. So we have any calls yet? Okay. So let me. Somebody is uh, texting in here. Um. Uh, cognac and brandy, they're asking about the bracha. Uh, cognac and brandy are usually a shahako um, because, they, because they've been uh, distilled, and it's not a direct line. The cognac, I think, even more than a brandy, but most of them usually a shahako. I don't have any books in front of me, but uh, that's the reason why uh, people are not making very pure guff. And yeah, they may come, first of all, not all brandy is from wine, could be from other things too, but the cognac is from the wine usually, and it's uh, but it would be uh, distilled. I think it's double distilled, so therefore they usually the bracha shahako. And this is something that you have to. Uh, we know people thinking it's not geffen, so it's, they don't need to be. A, a no, they, you know the the kashrus issue is a real it's, issue. It's a yeah. issue. The real cognac. issue, the kashrus is issue. Yeah, big issue. because when you what here's what happens. People don't get the point. Once it is moved, touched, or moved by a non-Jewish person in the, in the time when it's already usable, 
then it, it and it's a, and, and hasn't been boiled out yet. If it's before that time that they and they do that, they they may not necessarily put the figures in. It's a big uh, it's a big plant. They may be directing the the, the flow of the of the liquid. Are they directing but it this way? Right, it's coming from grapes. That's what. Right, it's coming from grapes. That's where. And it, and it and it may not. Have, it may have been directed by a non-Jewish person, with, that's similar to pouring it, and so that's why the kashrus agencies have a man standing there, and in, and if anything happens, the Jewish person, the religious person, has to go ahead and intervene, and the. the the regular worker there tells him push this, do that, and he has to he has to root the wine. So it, that's that's how it works in the, in these plants. Um, most of the plants that produce kosher wine are really uh, run by non-Jews, and it's just the Jews are supervising. But sometimes they have to actually do real things to the wine. I, because I mentioned it because especially in this the cognac because they have a special cognacs that everybody loves. And they said, "Oh, what's wrong with this? It's no, you no, know, it's no. not geffen. It's not wine. No, no, no. Wine is so. Very, this is very this important. is very important to yeah. understand." Uh, uh, Rabbi Belsky, I love So he uh, he he gave us. He was involved with this plant in California. Craig Winston owned it. The name of the, co- the company was Gan Eden, Gan Eden, and he. Uh, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Belsky had approved his his hashkocha uh, and the, the arrangement over there. I, I believe it was under the OU at the time. And Craig is a religious man, uh, and, and uh, he was discri- he was discussing with me about the problems involved with the wine in a small factory because he had a very small factory. He said that there are there are hoses that we have, rubber hoses, but if a non-Jew will move that rubber hose then the wine is, is compromised. So we have to watch like a hawk. It, of course, the goy has to do his job, but we have to supervise it, and sometimes you have to intervene. It's very interesting. Anyway, let me go back to my topic, which is some of these mis- you know, some of these uh, items that came up recently. So I'm going to read to you a few items that came from the, that are actually in the May Kashmir's Monthly. This is a, um, an interesting one. The Cape Gourmet Signature Food, that's the name of a, co- name of a company, Cape Gourmet Signature Seafood, They're, they have Norwegian Atlantic salmon fillets and Norwegian cod portions. And they have a star K on it, only it's not under the star K. It's an unauthorized star K. On these are things that people, when they see, oh, it's got a star K, they buy it. Well, that's the kind of thing that we try to make people aware you have to be very careful. Now, even if the Star K feels bad about it, they didn't. It's not them. They didn't do anything, right? So they're going to try to stop this company. Is it so simple to stop the company? They have to write a letter. They have to threaten them a certain amount. They have to beg, beg them to take it off. And then what happens? Like maybe the company is nice and will say we'll do a recall, which costs them who knows how many thousands of dollars. But if they, even if they will do a recall, recalling doesn't mean that the product is really coming back from your stores. There's all kinds of levels of recall. Recall means that the company might not send it to its distributors. Sometimes the company will ask the distributors to return the product and they'll give them the money back for the product. Sometimes the distributors will ask the, the stores to return it. And sometimes the stores will ask you to return it. But there's, that's at least four levels of recall and very rarely is that done. 
we had the opportunity on this this radio show. We had a very important person in the conscious field, Rabbi Sholem Fishbein, was on with us maybe it was a year or two ago. And I still remember, like today, Rabbi Fishbein said that he was in stores here in Brooklyn buying up mislabeled CRC products. He has Chicago Rabbinical Council. He was buying them himself. And what were they? They were Cholovstam, and it didn't say uh, dairy. Uh, but it was, and it was, and it didn't say dairy on it. So he was buying them up, and he would give them to somebody who wasn't makpen a chol of stam. My question is like this: is, is is any any thing that you know, as a client, as a customer, can sue the company? Listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you this right now. And go to the uh, supermarket right now. Buy this is the, the the Solomon, the the steak Solomon. Yeah. You know, and coming to say uh, Star K, is it possible that they can sue the company of mislabeling? Yes, As, I, I I think that this, this is our listeners. Let do. me let me explain to you how it works. Okay, you're asking a very good question. Here's the way it works in the real world. The first dibs is the is the cautious agency because they they, they their name has been taken and there's a trademark concern, so they issue a lawyer letter. Sometimes, on the basis of that lawyer letter, they collect in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, and sometimes it could be even bigger than the hundreds of thousands of dollars. I, I know of two cases in particular, uh, one that uh, it was settled for two fifty two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that went to the OU, and that was Trey for product that was was using the OU on it, and and the most famous one of all wasn't didn't even wasn't even a kosher issue. It was uh, the most famous dish one that ever came up was um, McDonald's. McDonald's had claimed that their f- French fries were vegetarian. And that, but they had used the same oil for their for their for their meat things and non-kosher things, whatever it was. So it was never supposed to be a kosher place, McDonald's. I'm talking about America. Yeah. There's no ashkoch. It was no. It's treif gomer. Yeah. But they they got caught, and when they got caught, the settlement was one million dollars. Wow. And one million dollars to kosher, and the rest went to other. Uh, Things, the vegetarian groups or whatever it was who felt they were offended, but kosher got a million dollars, four hundred thousand dollars went to Star K, and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars went to the OU. From the I don't know where the rest of the million dollars went, but a million dollars was a lot of for just for kosher by McDonald's over this issue. Anybody could miss you a lawsuit. Uh, you can make what they call, uh, you can you can do a. Um, you know, uh, one that incorporates all the all the consumers. You can make a, a a joint lawsuit for everybody, and later on, you'll include you'll give away some of that money to the people who who are class action. You'll make a class action suit, and it has been done. I've never heard yet of a class action suit collecting any serious money from a company, even though really we should be doing this every day. That's, Every that's, time that's, somebody that's, does this, we should be doing it. And if we did it, and I was, was I'm, I'm waiting for a lawyer to come up and say, Rabbi Wickler, you know, we're going to create, we're going to have the biggest yeshiva in America or in the world. We're going to be bigger than Lakewood and Jerusalem together. We're going to have the biggest yeshiva. We're going to do class actions on Kashrus. You help me, and we're going to build the biggest yeshiva in the world. And I think that lawyer will get his olam haba for that. And all, and, but I think what will happen is that one decent lawsuit 
and we'll never have a problem again. I'm That's what you, I think. How many stores putting like signs of kashrut and they're not kosher? You know, also I don't know about stores. But anyway, yeah, but there's no question that if we would do, if somebody would step up to the plate and do class actions on behalf of the kosher consumer, there would be many, many millions of dollars flowing and eventually that would, the, the, the problems with the mislabelings would completely stop. That's, yeah. the, that's my dream. That hasn't happened yet. Anyway, go on. The next one is Coke. And I got this call. I got plenty of these calls. And I must tell you exactly what's going on. Coke, Coca-Cola products, but one of the most popular drinks, if not the most popular drink, depends if you're a Pepsi fan or not. But basically, this is the big one of the big two. And Coke has been is produced from the syrup that comes from uh, it comes from Atlanta, Georgia, which is the main place where Coca-Cola is located. But they make it in every other country. Sometimes they, the other countries are buying from a different country. Sometimes they're producing in that country. Well, here we go, Mexico. Mexico is as close as you can get to the United States. And it still isn't a wall. President Trump hasn't built a wall yet, so it was very close to Mexico. And in Mexico has Coca-Cola, and it's coming across the border legally. It's coming across the border. It's being sold in the United States. And many people are calling up about this Coke. And uh, um, some people give out information, and I can't tell, tell you exactly where they're getting their information from, but they're saying that the Coca-Cola with the original Coke flavor is acceptable. And I know the original Coke flavor has glycerin in it, and glycerin is a cautious concern, and uh, you do need to know that it's kosher glycerin. Now, maybe this rabbi who's putting this out, this information, is getting direct information from the producer in Mexico. But the OU, which gives a shkocha in the United States to Coca-Cola, and that's the main branch, you know, down in Atlanta, said they, oh, you told me we do not take any responsibility and we do not agree that you could rely on any Coke coming from Mexico, any Coke product. So you may have heard elsewhere that the regular Coke from Mexico is okay, and I know I saw it in writing from somebody, but when I spoke to the OU, they told me, no, you can't make any exceptions even for the Coke flavor. And that's a thing now, next time you pick up your Coke, Look on the back, it may very well be from Mexico. I don't know why it's uh, uh, so much of it is coming in from Mexico, but a lot of it is, and people are asking constantly about this particular product. You have to talk with Trump. Yeah. There's another, <laughs> another issue that uh, is very interesting is when we get to the... Um, when we get to... Uh, this is actually from last issue and I don't think I mentioned it on the air, it's very, very interesting. There's a company called, uh, the product is called Neocate, N-E-O-C-A-T-E. Neocate, they have an infant variety, and they have a junior variety. So it's an infant formula for people who can't take cow milk. I think I, think I might have mentioned it on the show, but I, I want to mention it again. Because it's something that I personally got involved in. The Neocate infant has a hashkocha from the London Beth Din. 
That's the uh, a similar organization to the OU, but it's the, it's the London Beth Din KLBD. They give Ashkocha to the Neokate infant, but they don't give Ashkocha to Neokate Junior. When the child gets a little older, they need the junior. And it's an, this hypoallergenic, amino acid-based, nutritionally complete infant formula is very, very crucial for those who have a, a cow milk allergy. And uh, so, therefore, the neocates are, are very much needed. So the information that I received, and I, I could tell you on the air, but I, wouldn't, I didn't do it in writing, but the neocate information that I received came from the KLBD. That's the London Bethden that certifies the infant. And basically, what we're saying is that uh, it could be there's two ingredients there that have an issue, but halakhically, they would be nullified. And therefore, we, we would permit anybody who needs it to use the neo, I'm sorry, Nico8, that's N-E-C-O-A-T-E, Nico8 Jr., if they need it, they could use it even though it doesn't have KLBD on it. And that, that came about Macharea Pargod. I can't officially say it, though, in writing, but it came from the KLBD itself. So I think that's very important. Now, I, here's, a, here's a kind of call that I got the, the other day, not more than two days ago. Yeah. Somebody called me up, and they said, Rabbi Wickler, I want you to let everybody on J-Root know that Entenmann's is starting to produce products that are not kosher. So I said, I don't think that's the reality. But uh, he said, no, that's the thing. And he told his rabbi, and we're making announcements everywhere, that the entomins and not all of the products are kosher. They started to change it. They're not making, making kosher. So I decided to pick up the phone, and I called the entomins and I asked them what's going on. And what's very interesting is entomins is not entomins. Uh, welcome to the world of food. Entomins is owned by... Bimbo Bakery. Bimbo is one of the biggest bakeries in America, if it's not the biggest. You can't imagine Fryhoffers, Arnold's, everything is Bimbo. You never see the name Bimbo except maybe in small letters in the back, but that's the manufacturer, that's the bakery which is making all these breads. So Entenmann's is made by them. So I asked about Entenmann's, and the, the lady told me, we, we don't have exclusively kosher. We never did. We have some products are kosher and some products are not kosher. And here's this person who all his life thought that only entomins were only kosher. So I'm sitting there thinking, how could he make that mistake? I didn't even make it. I don't eat the product. <laughs> how did he make that mistake? So I figured it out. The stores that he goes into are in the Jewish area and they're carrying the kosher ones. But of course, at any time, they could have non-kosher ones. In fact, he may even have bought non-kosher ones in the past and didn't realize it was used to it. I had the same thing happen to me a few weeks ago on Kellogg's. A, a person contacted me with, it's the same kind of a deal. It was on Kellogg's products. What happened was uh, the Kellogg's um, frosted mini-wheats he came to me and he said that they're now making it not kosher. And I investigated that. And I found out the frosted mini-wheats have never been kosher. What happens is there's another one called Kellogg's Frosted Mini-Wheats Crunch Brown Sugar. 
which is the same thing, but the but the the crunch brown sugar is added to it, and that's kosher. And also the unfrosted mini wheats are kosher. So this man may have been eating the wrong thing for years until he actually looked on the package and found out the facts. So here we are, folks. If you see a product that looks to you like it's oh, used to it, you're used to it. It's the same words, sort of. As I remember, that reminds me of the 7-Eleven store, which I love, which when I was into, went to that 7-Eleven last summer, and I was trying to straighten things out for at least for one day, which didn't work. So, to, so I, I said to him, this product over here is not one of the, one of the kosher products. Said, sure it is. I said, it's not the, what you have on your chart. He says, it's almost the same thing. <laughs> almost the same words. It's not the same words, but it's almost the same. So to him, that's kosher. And to this person, the Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheat, he always thought was kosher. And he thought it became non-kosher now. It had never, ever been kosher because it, it contains gelatin the, the, and, the, and the, uh, there was never a K on it at all. So these are the types of things that people really have to be careful about. Don't believe that a company is always kosher. Don't believe that a product is always parva. You have to check your labels. If you see something that's a question, either don't use it, call up, call the Kashkas agency, call the company, do something. Don't just uh, figure you're making a mistake. No, you might be 100% right, and they may have been in error. I'm going to go on with one more thing that then we have a, a, little, a little segment. I want to do something else. But, uh, and anyone wants to call in, if anybody wants to call in, it's 718 683 5858. 718 683 5858. 683 5858. Or you can text us at 347 927 8398. Again, texting 347 927 8398. And if you want to hear us on this, Line over here, you can call 718-506-9099 to listen to us, or 712-432-417, and of course, you can always hear JRoot at jrootradio.com. Let me share with you another one of the things that we're putting out. Now, here's something that maybe you've heard about it already. It's been out a couple of weeks, but again, you might not have heard of it. Idaho mashed potato granules. They're made by a company called Basic American Foods. We're talking about a 13.75-ounce box and a 6.5-ounce box. Idaho mashed potato granules. Sounds pretty innocuous, right? They're OUD certified. They reformulated themselves and made themselves dairy. So here you go. Mashed potatoes, dairy. After the, these are Idaho mashed potato granules from Basic American Foods. So be on be on guard about that one. That's something that's very important, and that's a few of the items that are um, that are, are right now being going into the um, May 2017 Kashrus Monthly. And I'd like to read a word or two about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Whenever I think of Glotmart, I think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. And at Glotmart, you can save time by using their valet parking area. You can just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance. 
and you'll put the car can be there for you when you want to load up with all those special items you purchased in the store. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1. With kosher certification from both the Star K and Nevada Kashas of Flatbush, with base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. I'm not able to talk about it, but there's going to be a big change in Glotmart very soon. Um, I just spoke with the owner the other day, and I hope to be sharing with you some interesting news. But right now, here are some of the items that are on sale today and tomorrow. Family pack beef stew, $7.99. Corned beef kalachal, $7.99 a pound. Corned beef top of the rib, $7.99 a pound. Amazing savings there at Glotmart. And the large navel oranges, $0.79. Cents. Sweet mangoes, two for $3. And if you want a couple other items on, uh, on sale on the, uh, on, on the, in the meat area, silver tip roast, $11.99. Blade London broil, $10.99 a pound. And plenty of items are also in the, um, in the grocery area and the frozen area, but we don't have the time to go through it all for you because they have about 50 items on sale every week. And meeting your shopping needs is their top priority at Glotmart, conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Kashrus on the Air over J Root Radio. Okay, we have a caller. Go ahead, please. You're on Kashrus on the Air. Can we help you? Yeah, hi. I wanted to know about how to check blueberries. Well, we don't recommend blueberries at the present time. I mean, that's the information that was shared with us from Rabbi uh, Vaya, Moshe Vaya. You know, I, I, I met somebody today, and that person came to me the other day, and um, they were asking about the grapes. And it's interesting. Uh, first, they asked me, what do you do about grapes? And I described the method that we've mentioned over here a few times. Rabbi Vaya said... And then uh, today he came over to me, the ra- this, this gentleman is a rabbi, and he said he asked a certain rub, a very well-known rub, a poisek here in Flatbush, and he asked him and told him a method that was very simple, much quicker, takes a second, and that's what you have to do. So I said to him, listen, this is something that everybody uh, talks about. Nobody says that grapes are not an issue. No one says blueberries are not an issue. No one says any of these kinds of things that we're mentioning, pineapple, etc., are not issues. With the, but the question of how you deal with it, everybody has a different approach. So the approach that we're following at the present time is from Moshe, Moshe Vaya, and we're not utilizing the blueberries. If the people want to use blueberries, so they'll have to ask other people who, who, who hold that they're acceptable at the present time. The problem is not one? on the outside. The outside problems we might be able to take care of. The problem is inside, the maggots. And that's so not simple. Does it apply to frozen blueberries too? No difference. Same thing. Uh, yes. Okay. I, must, I want to tell you that I just came across today from Israel that one of the companies there, um, I don't remember the name of the company because it's an Israeli in the company, they make certain peas or beans, or actually beans actually, and the uh, Rabbanut gave out that every package of these beans has at least one bug in it. They, they said it, 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 it's unbelievable how many they're finding in this particular company. And it's, it, it, they never had such a bad situation. So much infestation. To, today, I want to share with you, this is hot off the press. I didn't even bring the material in. I really should have brought it in. If you ask anybody in the field, now is the worst time in California 
in I may be in history. The 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 weather conditions are such it's so was so moist the winter that the uh, that the the insects are coming in in droves. They're expecting the worst spring and the worst summer, and many of the companies that make uh, in California that make uh, the leafy vegetables, especially the romaine lettuce, but other ones also, they're not finding them clean enough to put the hashkoch on. You're going to see mm-hmm. that some of those companies you may have been using that had hashkocha will not be on the market with hashkocha now. That's how bad it's getting. Okay, thank okay. you for the call. Thank you. Okay. Now, somebody emailed, texted in here, is K on a cereal a hersher? So, K is not a registered symbol. That means anybody could put a K on. Some people, somebody, people go to shop in uh, in these stores. They have Crassdale, K R A S D A L E. All their products, which are sold in certain stores, so the, the Crassdale products sometimes have a K on it, and it's a K for Crassdale. You could put a K on. It could be our division K. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything. Technically, the letter K might represent a claim to be kosher, but anybody, Jew, non-Jew owner, worker, anybody could claim the pride to be kosher. So the if somebody says, but how do I know this is kosher? So the answer the owner will say is, I say it's kosher. And you can't, there's no recourse that we have past that. If they say it's, uh, you know, it's parva, you know, so then it has to be parva. But they can make the claim too. Those are things that are not registered symbols. What, but however, when you said the uh, you know, you asked about a question about the K on the cereal. If you meant Kellogg's, so the Kellogg's company, the K on it is the KVH. The KVH, the in Boston, we're doing a story on it in the next issue. The KVH is a major hashkocha. We have a story about that organization coming out in three weeks in our kosher travel guide issue, which I hope everybody's going to get a hold of because it's over 350 cities to visit across the United States and beyond. So that's something that you should be looking for. Anyway, um, so that's the answer to the, to the K on the cereal. If it is the K on Kellogg's, on their cereals, it's, it's from the KVH. If it's a K on, on other products from Kellogg's, it's not the KVH. So you have to know what you're looking at. Okay, another caller, please. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? Hello. Hi. How are you? Baruch Hashem. I hope you're doing well. Okay, Baruch Hashem. Um, I was calling in regards to the kashrut of flavored electronic uh, cigarettes. <laughs> okay. I so don't the, know the I'm, answer. I'm sure you know how they work, right? I I see you in you in, you take I no you please describe it. I really have never I've seen it, but I don't know what's happening. Go ahead. So, so the, the, there's, there's liquids that you have to put inside, and it basically burns it as a vapor, and you inhale the vapor, and you get a nice flavor in your mouth, and you get the nicotine hit and all, and all that. When you say, if um, you're getting vapor, okay, go ahead, yeah. No, 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 continue, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm trying to listen. Okay, so then, so now, w- w- do you enjoy it, or is it just, it just takes care of your need? What is it, a, is it a... Is it a is it a fragrance? Is it what, what what? Tell me what's happening there. Well, you get you get the satisfaction of smoking a cigarette, and uh, plus, besides that point, there's a nice flavor to it. So you can get strawberry flavor, watermelon flavor, all different types of flavors. Okay, so let's go into that issue. 
it's a it's a hard question. I'm not able to. I'm not going to give you a definitive answer. And the Moira Horor will have to decide for whoever wants to find out. First of all, I hope you never have to use this thing because it's very very bad. It's bad uh, in many ways. Your pocket could blow up. You could get very very badly damaged. The the fires are. Uh, unbelievable what's what's happened with fires from those things so that's number one it's it's a very dangerous item number two uh, a lot of people are using that especially young people are using it as an entryway a gateway into smoking they never smoke before in their lives but they do this instead it's a bad thing it's going to go bad ways but if a person needs it and it's going to help them give up so that's a that's a positive thing so now let's look at the actual issue when you inge- when you in- smell something, just the smell, that's nothing. That's not a, That's not even though you have a no, you make a bracha, if you have a brave man besomim. But basically, that's not. Uh, that's a, that's a that's a kind of a spiritual enjoyment. It's not which it, it's not called eating. So there's no you know bracha of shahakol or something on the, on, the, on on smells, but vapor is different because vapor is a liquid. It's just in a it's a semi-gaseous state. It's between liquid and gas. It's a semi-gaseous state, and that that's called a mamish. It's called real. It's called real food or real item, whatever it is. So you're getting a flavor there, but most flavors are not non-kosher, even if it says strawberry and and it says chazir or whatever it is. It's not from a chazir. So it, you know it basically it's probably not treif. But if you're asking me to guarantee that, I cannot guarantee that. Uh, someday there will be with hashkocha. There are cigarettes in Israel that have hashkocha. I'm sure, without any doubt, if the OU is certifying marijuana, they're going to certify this as soon as possible. So I'm sure you're going to get glatt kosher certified, you know, uh, e-cigarettes. But if you're asking me now whether there's an e-cer, I don't want to answer you for sure. But it doesn't seem to me that there's going to be an easer uh, on the basis of the uh, the pleasure. I don't think that that's. In other words, you're it, and 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 you have to know. This is something I don't know if you know that ninety, eighty, ninety percent. I mean, somebody will straighten me out on the exact numbers, but the majority of the pleasure of eating is the smelling, even though you don't realize that. The majority of your pleasure in eating is the smelling. And I'll, you can do it very simply, testing by covering, by holding your nose and eating something, and see how much you enjoy it. It's it's clear. It's really olfactory. So that's not uh, an iser of achila. The nose is not called eating and drinking. So even though we say the zay is a mamish, but still in all, that's not really ingesting in the in the, like for eating. So I don't know if there's anything wrong. If somebody disagrees, I'll, I'm really interested in hearing why, but I don't think there's an Easter on that, although I would advise anybody to be very, very careful, and I would tell you to make sure that the batteries you buy for this are the highest quality, and if possible, don't keep the thing on your in your body, on your, in your pants, in your suit, in your jacket. Put it in some place far away from you, because if it does blow up, you don't want to be the one to be scarred for life. Okay, thank you so much for, for, for your input. I really appreciate it. Take good care. Okay. Another caller? Okay, you're on the air. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. 
Is that me? Yes, it is you. Okay, so my question is for the person that was talking about Entenmann. If there are so many Hamish Jewish <laughs> kosher products all over, why why does he yeah. have to eat Entenmann? Okay, I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer your problem. question. There's two answers to that question. One answer is the the people are Yoshev Umitzape. They are waiting. Right. When I when I was a kid, I remember when one of the uh, companies became one of the Goyesha companies became kosher. The world went crazy, uh, and and I and, and if you remember the Oreos thing, people went yeah. nuts when Oreos went because they desired it. They tithe for it all the time. I can't eat it. It became kosher. They're on the first on the line. There's no way they're going to skip this one, even if there's another kosher product that's been out there with Hamish Ashkocha and with he, with Pas Yisrael with uh, with Chal, Chal, you know Chal Yisrael. They don't. It's a, it came kosher. They must it have be, it. That's could, it the, be that it's, that it's, could it be that it's an our generational problem, which is I must have whatever I want to have, and there are no restrictions whatsoever, just like on Pesach, you have to have anything and everything your heart desires? I think it's definitely that way, but I want you to know that a lot of these people don't go into the stores you and I go into. A lot of these people who, who we're talking about uh, with the Entenmann's, they're going into the shop rights and the path marks and whatever they are, Costco's. They don't walk into a from store and they don't get the, the uh, they don't even see the things that we eat. And, and you know what? They haven't even tasted it. So they might have been very happy with it. But, you know, that brings, that brings to memory about a year ago, and it was in the Kasha's newsletter, that a teacher almost fed her children in school tray of chocolates. She bought, she bought a, a Hershey's bag with a variety of chocolates, and then they found out that one or two of them were actually not kosher. So certainly in a yeshiva or in a school, why would a teacher not bring Stearns or, or Pashkas or Libas? You know, you, you're coming into a Hamish school, to Chinuch. So not everybody is in Hamish school. Not everybody's in the Hamish school. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but I want I want to say I know, something. But this, this was in the Brooklyn Yeshiva. I, I I you are right, and you have a good memory. The only thing is, you're aging yourself because you refer yeah, to the Kashrus newsletter. Huh. The Kashrus newsletter is the precursor of the Kashrus magazine. No, no, I'm talking about Kashrus magazine. Kashrus I know, magazine. but we haven't called the Kashrus newsletter in over 20 years. So you you <laughs> okay. have to be, you can't okay, be 25. I gave, I, gave, I, gave, I gave away my age. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate okay. it. I, I, want, okay. I want to say that, that this is really all the Jerwood Radio we're talking about, that in the last f- seven years, we're trying to put it in the head of the Menalim and the Morot and the Merabanim in the school, in the yeshivot, to yeah. it is more emphasized. You cannot go to a camp, a Jewish camp, and go to 7-Eleven in the summer because it's free. You know, something like this. It's, and we're talking and talking and talking. It doesn't seem like, you know, how many, how many people go to the Dunkin' Donuts and the 7-Eleven, the, the Starbucks, and you see them perform, and you talk with them, you stop them. Why are you going inside? Why are you going inside? Right. 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 Now, I, I, you're 100% difficult. right. And you know what? Why don't you bring it to the attention of one school? That's all. Say so it'd be very right. nice if we established in this school where my children go or my grandchildren go, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, let's let's see if we can't get into this school certain cautious policies. You know what? You know what? Tell them to call me. I'll work out with cautious policies with them and with their interest. I'll you know go through it with them and and it will charge them exactly zero. 
nothing. Just to spend <laughs> the time. To, I'd be so happy to help any any organization, any uh, yeshiva, whatever, girls' school, just to straighten out some of the kashvah's issues. I'm more than happy. Okay. Coming to speak, I might I might ask you for my time, something. But to, to help you with uh, working out a, a list of things that to, uh, to put into effect. And I get calls all year long from Moros, Never from the Rebbe's, by the way. Always get calls from Moros. Can this be served? Maybe sometimes Rebbe's too. Can 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 this kid brought this into school today? Do I have to take it away from him? Can I let him give it out to the class? Do you I get, get those. Do you get this question? I get the call all Rabbi the time. Wicklet, yeah. Do you get this question from from Hasidish schools also? Never. Never. There you go. Right. There you go. Okay. Because they don't they don't have the problem, right? I know. You are right. Okay. <laughs> you got you got me there. <laughs> yeah, and we we okay. so many times to where we ask the 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 schools to to special program and I know the rabbi Wigler was a, uh, almost volunteer for we are going talking about it and as a rabbis also to go to schools and talk about it about right. this issue. We really gladly uh, uh, cooperate with this. Right. Issue. Okay. Okay, maybe by next I'll, year. I'll talk with my grandchildren's school. Oh, right. okay. Okay, thank you very much for listening and for reading You're the welcome. magazine. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. Take care. Okay, before we get... You have more calls now? Okay, good. Let me have a little, little time. Anybody wants to call, you can reach us. The phones are free now. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. You want to reconnect this for me? Yeah, I can't, I can't see it now. Um, let me just share with you a letter that I got today. Because this is the kind of uh, letter that I do receive. Everybody thinks I have a very easy life. I want to tell you what goes on in my life. Shalom Aleichem, Rabbi. Wishing that you're well. Thank you so much for the Cautious Magazine. After Pesach, I put it with my collection with all my other back issues. The magazine is a great reference resource. Unfortunately, things have not been as well as they were before. We have a new deputy superintendent. This gentleman is incarcerated in a, uh, in a facility, and uh, there's a new deputy, deputy superintendent who is very anti-Semitic, making things bad for the Yidden here, including rabbi, and he mentions the name of the rabbi. So I'm walking on a wire, I mean, like, it's, you know, tightrope, type, type as I'm the only one that goes with payas and a keeper. All my swarim and tapes are packed up in a case. The askanim are able to get me transferred. Uh, in case the, uh, the askanim are able to get me transferred. He's trying to get transferred out of this facility. I'm still learning Masil Yisharim for the sixth time. Everyone should feel, if they haven't gotten through once, he's learning Masil Yisharim for the sixth time. So not all is lost. This gentleman, by the way, ordered my set of tapes and uh, he, he got um, my Basabachal of tapes. He poured over it. There, I told it on the radio maybe once about it that in order for him to get this, the all the metal had to be removed. These are regularly old cassette tapes. He couldn't take the uh, CDs. He can only get it on, can only play the old cassette tapes and they had him remove the metal and, and what the rabbi and the sh- rabbi that goes here, the goes the, goes to visit him, removed all the metal from the cassette tapes that I sent them, and he's been listening to listen to my set of tapes on Basabacholov. He went through Masila Shisharim six times. Rabbi, if you if you would please visit 
and it gives me a website. It's a website my lawyer put together. Try to get him out. Thank you for everything. Have a great week. So this is uh, somebody who's incarcerated. I've been involved with uh, him and who knows who, how many others. Okay, let's go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Go ahead, please. Go ahead, please. You're unconscious on the uh, air. Uh, you spoke before about entomins. Yes, sir. With all due respect, you know, with all due respect, it's not, if I want to eat entomins, it's none of anybody's business. A hundred percent. if I'm in Seal Kirk, New York overnight for business... Where if I want to get something kosher, it only has no you like Arnold's bread or an Entenmann's cake with no you. What's the problem? No problem. Whoever said There's it was no a problem. There's no kosher bakery out there. There's no corns or yussies out there. So I'm stuck to eat that. Uh, no one, no one is questioning what you do. We're just but the, no, we're, no. But you make it sound like it's the end of the world. No, no. We, this gentleman. See, you have to take things in perspective. If if you, I don't know where you're calling from. Even if you're calling from next door. If your choice is to eat uh, OU, Halostam, uh, uh, Paspalter, whatever it is, no problem. As Rabbi, as, as Rabbi Belsky Zatzal said, for the, he said, I heard him say it publicly. He said, if people want uh, Halostam products, they want a Halostam restaurant, we're going to give it to them. That was Rabbi Belsky said that. So we don't say that there's anything wrong with you. My Rebbe taught me that anybody who wants to, if they want to advertise, even Chol of Stam, you take it, even though my Rebbe would never take Chol of Stam. There's nothing wrong in your doing what you what your Abunim said and Poiskim told you or that you read and you accept. No, we're not arguing with that. We're talking about Chinuch in the yeshiva setting. So it depends. If you're talking about a school where there's... Uh, you know, American school, it's not, it's a day school, or people are Bali Chuva, or they're not religious, or they are religious, and this is their choice, they, were, they, they, they prefer to have these kind of products, then that's the standard of that school. But what happens is that there are schools that we call yeshivas that are not Hasidic, and they, they don't have as much control in uh, on what goes on in the school, the, the school is teaching certain values, and they should be allowed to uh, limit the foods that the kids eat to those things, so that the kids will be able to see that. Doesn't mean that they have to eat it. Doesn't mean they have to buy that outside. But it, the boys and come and girls who come from homes where they only eat that should not have to be put in a compromising position either. So we were talking about a school setting. We're not I understand at that. all concerned about but what you do. Excuse me, Rabbi Wickler. That's not how this conversation started. He says, "Why do we have to have it?" I he like meant the schools. Brownie. Oh. What's the difference? Why no. it's kosher? And that's it. Hundred percent. Like, why do I have to have it? No, no. It, 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 he he meant. I, I, well, I, you're right. Maybe that, maybe that question wasn't put the, in a proper, the proper perspective. I accept what you're saying. I feel like that the rabbi who says you're right and you're right too. I, I definitely say we should have revised it and maybe we should have said at that point, no, it doesn't matter. Whatever person wants to do, he has a right to do. And it, we're talking about within the guidelines of kosher. It definitely all of the. OU standards and the Holostam and the Paspalter is in the guidelines of kosher. There's people who choose to be uh, doing other things. That's their choice. You have two choices here. Correct. I accept it. And if I, if I misled anybody, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? You remind me of a story. 
45 years ago when I was a Kinsader, if you went to a certain grocery store in Borough Park and you told you were making a seum on Chumash, he gave you a few, you know, he gave you a little bit off the price because he felt, oh, a Jewish kid's making a seum. Yeah. So I remember I bought something for the seum to class. So the Rebbe knew some kids wouldn't eat it then. This was going back 45 years ago. So yeah. what did he do? He made sure that the kid was mocked put on and not to put it in his bag. That's all. Uh-huh. Because it had a good hechsher on it. Because you don't want to eat it. I mean, and let's think you say, hey, Misha Hechsher. There's some people who say, hey, Misha Hechsher, I'm not worth anything. Right. These so where are, do you draw the line? You, you, you're making a good point, and I, I want to invite you to call me again towards the beginning of the show, or at least the middle, so we can have 10, 15, 20 minutes to discuss it. It's the end of the show, and I don't have enough time. No and problem. Your, then I'll call you and your time. question and your point is very well taken. And remember what I told you in the name of Rabbi Belsky Zatzal. He said, if the people need it, if they want it, if they're asking us to give that, that hashkocha, and it's within the guidelines of kosher, we're going to do it right here in New York City. Because other people were arguing, don't do it in, in New York City. New York, let it be only Chal Yisrael. And he said, no, if the people are asking for it, if they want it, we're going to give the hashkocha. I heard him say, definitely. I Okay, thank you for calling. Thank you very much for having me in the call. You too, bye bye. Another call? Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can I help you? Yeah, hello. Um, Another word for mint flavored floss pins, like dental floss that's mint flavored. I wouldn't worry about it. We, we, We mentioned it here a number of times in the radio. I wouldn't worry about it because the amount of times that it, 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 this is not ingesting. It's not as bad as a guy's cigarette, and uh, it's it's a um, it, it mo- almost very very rarely are this are the flavors anything other than kosher. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay. Thank you very much for calling, and I I still miss you from the old days. I remember the I know, the I evenings know. we spent together. Thank you for calling. Yeah, Good old yeah. Yeah, yeah, let me just mention whether somebody has called in here. They, I mean, they emailed us. Why would the KVH only put a K on Kellogg's when K could mislead people? That is not the KVH's choice. They would love to put KVH on because that's an advertisement for their hashgacha. But the Kellogg's made that decision. You see, in America, we live in a country where, unfortunately, sometimes a backlash. The more kosher information that's put on the product the more some people will not use it because they're anti, anti-Semite, anti-Semitic, or anti-kosher, or anti-something, and the companies, have, some of the companies, um, you know, don't want it, the, the symbol on. Today it's pretty well accepted, but the Kellogg Company um, was bold enough to put K on it, and that's as far as they ever wanted to go, and it's, uh, that's the, a, co- a corporate decision. Believe me, it's not what, the, uh, it's not what they want from, the, from, Kellogg, from KVH. Okay, another caller. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Hello? Me? Yes, you're on the air. Uh, what toothpaste do do you need a hersha, and what toothpaste do not need a hersha? Well, I would love you to use toothpaste with hashkocha because you're going to get into a good habit, and it makes life a little easier. And th- believe it or not, today there are probably a dozen with hashkocha. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, probably a dozen that are with hashkocha. There's a I, uh, there's a fellow I met who's a a colored fellow, black man. He, and he makes a kosher toothpaste with an OU on it. And it's very interesting toothpaste. I, uh, I even tried some of it. 
and uh, the, the, the Toms of Maine makes kosher toothpaste. And uh, there are a lot of Hamish companies that make kosher toothpaste. There's, there's plenty out there. But if you want to use the regular toothpaste, the Colgate's, etc., try to look for the ones that say glycerin on it and don't use those. Say, that, say don't, don't, don't use the ones that use don't use the ones with glycerin if you can avoid it because glycerin mm-hmm. is very often not kosher and it's sweet and it's a sig- significant amount in there. But I definitely would prefer you got kosher. Rabbi Belsky, even though he's known as a, to the world, likes to think of him as a makel, but Rabbi Belsky's atzal did not want people to use regular toothpaste. He felt it was a, what goes into your mouth <clears throat> should be kosher. So if you what can get yourself, Crest? what? What about Crest? Don't don't ask the name of a company. You have to look at the product. If you go look at the ingredients, read it. If you have a problem with it, call me at the office seven one eight three three six eight five four four, and I'll spend the time helping you with it. again seven one eight three three six eight five four four. Cautious Magazine office. You can also call there if you want to get the kosher travel guide issue that's coming out. And we somebody just called today for a Jaywood special. I said we'll give it to you even though it's closed. So if you want to get a Jaywood special on the subscription, it's very very cheap. I won't even mention on the radio how cheap it is. So uh, our regular price is twenty five dollars, and this is a, greatly reduced. So if you're interested in a subscription or uh, a kosher travel guide, or you have a cautious question, or you may help you research one of these things, call us at seven one eight three three six. Eight five four four. Go ahead, another caller. Okay, go ahead. Last call, probably. Yeah, hello, you're unconscious on the air. Hello. Yeah, I, I read in your bio Aimer, that he says that gelatin is mutter, even like from animals. Like okay. Now, now, now you're on. You, you had to ask this question with a minute to go. Impossible. So let me just tell you the quickie. We're going. We're going to go the high road over here. The um, the the. Gelatin is from an animal. It's from the bones or from the skin. Technically, that is not forbidden. Only flesh is forbidden. Even sinews may not be forbidden. Bones, etc. So that may be true. But and Chaim Ozgrozinski, who was one of the main poskim from the previous generation, paskin that way. But the position because of the complexity of guaranteeing that everything was done properly including removal of all of the flesh, including putting the, the lye on it and not, not having it in any way edible, including the types of skins that were used. So there were a lot, and the, and the, and the question of using from a chazir, from a, from a pig. Because of all these issues, the cautious agencies, they owe you the okay, the cuff, the star, the you know, has not used that gelatin until about 15, 20 years ago when Rabbi Shimon Eider made a glatt kosher gelatin, and then later on they did fish gelatins. But the regular thing that calls itself, quote, kosher gelatin, and it comes out with a K on it or somebody that you never heard of in your life, those hashgachas and those, that, that gelatin is we call not kosher. It's true. Rabbi Chaim Oizer was makel on gelatin. It's true. Yabi Omer's makel on gelatin. That's fine. I understand that. But in practical terms, it's not a good choice. Uh-huh. Thank you very much for calling. I don't have any more time. If you want to reach us, you can do that during the week, 718-336-8544. Until next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Cautious Magazine for Cautious on the Air. Have a great week.